When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. That's me. Still not yet the one true host, but one day. Jordan tells one me that day. you made up significant ground. Did I now? Yes, he did. He did. I actually, I feel like I remember. Way to in go, last Jazzy J fans. I think I remember in last week's episode there was a moment where I, we were we were discussing the current standings and we made too hard of an argument for you. But what what is interesting that has developed on the front of um, the, the, the who is the host of Popcorn Culture yeah. is it almost feels like there is this underdog teeter-totter that you and I are now on where in the J versus Ben's, we have always joked that there is like J-Fan out there. Uh, J-Fan because like, I'm, I'm the quote-unquote overdog. You are the overdog, yeah. Right. Nobody, nobody roots for the overdog. Right, you are the New England, J-Fan. <laughs> you are the New, New England Patriots of Harry Potter trivia games when it comes to J versus Ben. So you're the New England Patriots of hosting this podcast? Well, I don't want to brag, but... <laughs> But roll tide. <laughs> if you guys are ever wondering uh, how we determine who is the host over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash popcorn culture, uh, we have three tiers. Each of them effectively allows you to cast a vote for who is that week's host. Uh, they're all the same value. At $5, you can be host Buzzy B, host Jazzy J, or host neither, where the first 15 seconds of the episode will just be dedicated to you and your thoughts. What so. a terrible way to start the episode. I have. It's going to be really funny if one day, it ha- like I feel like I've uh-huh. almost sold it a little bit it would take such like a coordinated assault on the patreon in in which case i'd also be so proud of our patrons but please don't do it (laughs) you know we're just putting seeds into i know what are we doing their kernel minds what are we doing we're planting little kernels in the little kernels man are we undermining ourselves i feel like i should stop talking about it maybe you should maybe Maybe we should should. ben you have a corny joke for us i absolutely do i absolutely do how do you make a candle really happy um get lit uh, mm, wax it- on nah. <laughs> wax on what a good valiant <laughs> effort Am I I dancing around it at all? Uh, Not so bad. Not so bad. You blow it out. It will be delighted. It would be delighted. You get it? Because it's no longer lit. This is, this to me speaks to the opposite of what a candle wants. A candle does not want to be blown out. A candle wants to be lit. No, it'll be delighted. No, a candle wants to be, a candle is serving its purpose when aflame. It is just dormant and wait. It's like a toy that's not played with to have an unlit candle. So... (laughs) Just a happy little flame. To be honest with you, I actually, I have a candle on my desk at home, my work from home desk. Yeah. 
and it has brightened my life. Literally? L- literally. Wow. I mean, Pun no, intended? Not, not intended. <laughs> no, just it has been the funniest thing where adding this very small luxury object into the room with me mm-hmm. brings me an unexpected amount of joy. Oh, that's that's funny. <laughs> I, once upon a time, my wife is a fan of the Bath and Body Works candles. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, Yeah. so like once a year or several times a year, they'll do like three for $22 or something like that. Ooh, yeah. I know, right? Oh my gosh, scoop them up all you can. But she would, you know, want to include me in on the fun. Yeah. And so she would always like try and find like a good, a good, what we call mandel, which is a man candle. Man candle, yeah. Yeah, so not like some fruity, beachy scent or something, you know, it smells like the woods or armpits or something. (laughs) The woods? or armpits those are <laughs> that, that's that's it that, it seems like you went from like something that could like logically be a satisfying smell to just like straight locker room i know a guy who wants a locker room candle no one no one literally no one it must exist out there but so anyway the one that i landed on that i liked was called uh mahogany teakwood and so i would i got this candle and i would like bring it in and i would sit it on my desk at work and then, you know, I would light it so my office would smell nice. No, surely, yeah. Right, you know, you gotta have a, gotta have a smell. You gotta define your space or whatever. <laughs> gotta make sure it smells like armpit. <laughs> it did not smell like armpit. It smelled like wood um, of some kind. Whatever mahogany teak wood smells like, that's what it was. And to me, this was like such a, oh, what a, what a great way to bring up the ambiance of my office. But I look back... And I think, was I making the whole floor smell a certain way? Like, it didn't even occur to me that it might bother other people or that, like, what was the impression I was truly giving off by having this this candle on my desk? I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. So this, like, this, like, really, like, racked you a little bit. Well, like, it, no, only, only much further after the fact. Very retroactively. Like, okay. Yeah, like, in the moment, I was like, I've got a candle. This is awesome. Well, that's the thing, though, because I feel like that's the case with anybody who wears, like, excessive of amounts of cologne or perfume Mm -hmm. it's like there are people who are really big into their scent like it's it's just as much a part of like their outfit as like your sneakers might be or something you never not sent up yeah exactly you never not and i think what's always blown my mind is like you know when you get in an elevator after someone who's like really like rolled around in Mm. it and you're like this this elevator still smells like, like that, that person's yeah cologne or perfume and for the most part i don't i mean i don't really take a particular issue in it i'm usually in awe of the fact that they're able to do that because i don't wear a lot i do wear cologne but i don't wear mm. a lot of it and i feel like in general it's mostly just an extension of like my deodorant yeah like you know speaking of armpits um <laughs> it's it's mostly See, we like we got there yeah exactly it's like if you are close enough to me it's supposed to be like a reassuring scent not like oh yeah. you know just general body odor mm-hmm. uh, armpit and when when these people like walk out though i'm like how much did they put on too much that they are able to like literally leave a walking cloud of like musk i want to know what is happening behind closed doors yeah. because it is like an unfathomable amount of like transferable air scent into different locations yeah. for an extended period of time right so i think what these people are suffering from in a big way there's there's two things there's first of all nose blindness yes which is after this happens even with your own deodorant i think oh yeah but once once you've started wearing a certain cologne or perfume for uh, a while you will stop being able to smell it on you right and so you'll think i need more because i can't smell it 
Right, okay. Right, so you'll over-apply, which is problem number one. Problem number two is that it sounds like these people are putting the cologne and or perfume on on the outside of their clothing. Okay. Right? Okay. And I believe the proper way to apply cologne is to your bare skin. To your bare skin. Beneath the clothing, because what happens is on your skin, it will continue, like, it'll it'll vapor off of right. your clothes pretty quickly, but on it's intended to be on your skin, and then it will continue to smell throughout the day. Is this why, like, you frequently see people, like, putting it on their wrists and doing this sort of, like, handcuff rub together thing? You know what I'm like talking that's about? exclusively a perfume thing. Just perfume. I so don't think... you're not do doing you? that every morning? No. no, me neither. Where do you... Okay, let me ask you this. Where do you apply your cologne? I when you a, When you spritz up. Spritz up. So, it's usually, so, like, after getting out of the shower, I will, like, put it just, like, on, like, my chest... And yeah. then usually on like like the back of my neck, I guess. Or the back like, of your neck. Like, like here. Ah. Oh, I'm pointing to the like right where like my hairline meets my neck. Why there? I have no idea. I was I was told that that's a good spot. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would say I don't do the back of my neck, but I also just I just hit the chest. Just the chest. Yeah. Just, yeah. The, yeah. The chest. So, Pre-shirt. The, the thing is though is that this is like one of those things where fr very frequently I think it's very easy to not understand the culture behind something to the point where it's like you could see like this happens to me a lot of times like with uh, like the Harley Davidson community of people that are like super into like the black, the orange, the leather and like the super loud bikes and stuff. Yeah. And, and it's like it's a huge population of people and they're all like, they all really like the mm. same types of like, maybe like their dog might have like a studded collar or something like right. that. Like it, it has a very distinct style to it. And I have found myself at periods of my life, like feeling like I'm on the outside of an idea, looking at it and sort of being able to recognize the unusual nature of it as it pertains to any other outfit that someone may have like walked into my aquarium shop wearing. Mm -hmm. You know, most people don't walk in with chains and leather and you right. know, big, thick, heavy boots and stuff like that. Like that but uh certainly plenty of people did but then at other points in my life i have found myself stepping across the line and then becoming one of the people inside of one of these like ideas where all of right. a sudden like i was the guy who was doing crossfit right and i had formerly been the person observing people who did crossfit uh, people <laughs> and, who do crossfit do you know how you can tell who they are because they'll tell you immediately <laughs> Let me tell you about my workout of the day. Yeah. My wad. Yeah. <laughs> nothing wrong with doing CrossFit. No, no, nothing wrong with any of these things. But so the thing is, is that there must be like a, a populace of people out there that are really like that do appreciate the effort that goes into a well curated like scent. Yeah. So where, so where like my perception of the, the, you know, person who leaves their scent inside of the elevator after they've left it is that the sole tactic involved here is excessive use. Like that's the only thing in my mind that I could possibly imagine would allow for that to happen. But like, what if there's actual like layering of the sense where it's like, like where people actually know that, oh yeah, you have to have like this kind of oil from this particular type of tree that pairs super nicely with this insect's saliva that makes this other thing, which gives a polychromatic bond between the scents and wow, allows for up words now. silk, spider silk. It's interesting that you immediately of vapors. rationalize <laughs> the entire situation where my mind, if I were to get in an elevator and I could still smell it, it's not that like, it is just straight up improper use. 
See, that's the thing, though, is I think it, it must not be. No, I think it definitely is improper use. Really? I'm so sure of it. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay, see, so my thinking, and I don't even know, I think there was like one season of, we, we watched The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, there was one season where I feel like one guy's like job title was a Colonosaurus. Colonosaurus. <laughs> that's one who eats clone? <laughs> Makes cologne. Makes cologne. Yeah. A, a a scent person. Yes. Which made me feel like, I don't know, maybe it's one of these industries where if you like peel back the layers a little bit, you'll find that just like anything else, like, I don't know, like people have figured out how to really take cologne and scenting to the next level. I, the thing is, scent, your, your scent is such a common thing that if such a culture exists i'm sure there's people who are really into cologne and stuff oh yeah okay. but if the act of leaving your scent places like a dog like was part of it then to me that kind of com that, that community would have risen to the surface of public knowledge but that's the thing is i have no idea if that's the case no i think it, you would know it can't be the case because if it was the case you know we can't know what we don't know we can yes you can because <laughs> it's it's such an offensive and it hits so many people that if it was the case then you'd know because so many people would talk about how annoying it was no, but that's so that's what I'm trying to get at here is that it's almost this idea that I feel like there's there is a community of people who appreciates this effort oh, that goes oh, into it. Oh, so I, am, I, I, I think I was slowly swirling towards this conversation of like if people carry a scent. Is there, I assume the answer to this question for you is there is a point where they have gone too far. There is. There, okay, okay. For sure. And yet, as we circle back to candles, the entire objective is to make your house smell of a scent. So speaking of candles, I have to tell you that today's episode of The Pop is brought to you by us. Us? Uh, well, sort of us. It's brought to you by Carlin Brothers Coffee. Ooh, it is brought to you by us. It is, yes. Where we are launching a brand new product and listeners to The Pop will be the very first people to hear about it. Oh, uh, it's so fitting for today's episode too. It is. It, honestly, that really worked out incredibly and rather remarkably well. It did. So we have just introduced three new candles into the mix yes you can uh, now put yeah i know candles 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 they burn they smell amazing and you can own them we we spent so much time selecting the i'm gonna call it flavors yeah. i like to call the scent of a candle a flavor rather right because it's, it's like, like a slice of gum is akin to a flavor of candle a flavor of candle so yeah. we have Three flavors that I'm so ridiculously excited about. And actually, I can't even tell you which of the three I like the best. They are Broomstick Handle. Yes. Phoenix Fire. Mm-hmm. And Sherbert Lemon. Oh, 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 all such magical sounding scents. They really are, aren't Yeah, they? picking these out, it really was a very involved process. We got this big case of like 25 30 different scents of candles and me and you and scott and jordan sat around in a circle for like two hours like passing around smells and discussing and voting and it was it was a real blast it really it was it was a really 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 cool experience to yeah. to put these together and they're they're just honestly like so we we got like our first 
official batch that have been like branded first off the boxes they come in are so cool the boxes are really cool but not as cool as like the logos the artwork on them i thought yes. it came out so perfect and it's hard to describe the smells but it's you know broomstick handle what do you think it smells like it smells like a a brand new broomstick it's certainly not like armpit no, it not even remotely like no. armpit. Not even remotely. Absolutely not. Um, I think the Phoenix Fire one has a bit of like a cinnamony. A little bit. Scent to it. A little, yeah. If that helps you. It could be. I would say that if I were to define them by seasons, yeah. I think that Sherbert Lemon is probably the most summery. Like, I would agree or, with or that. Maybe even even like late spring. Yeah. With Broomstick Candle, I think I, I think I would mark Broomstick Candle as like the autumn scent. Yeah. And Phoenix Fire as your winter scent. I would agree with that assessment entirely. Yeah. If you're having trouble imagining like what a cinnamon scent is, just imagine you're in a room and there's a really big big bird and it bursts into flames and that's the scent it smells exactly it like smells that. exactly like that for it, a split second we thought mr bob had exploded exactly but in fact he hadn't it was just the candle it, that's Thank just goodness. what it was so if you guys want to check these out they are 30 dollars a piece or 75 for all three they're available now at carlinbrotherscoffee.com also we do have subscriptions to them which is something that i this is like the funniest thing about like the products that we come up with is so frequently i feel like it's solving my own like need right. for this exact thing. But I love candles at home and very frequently like Allie and I will burn through them so quickly that I will find myself in this position of being like, we're out of candles again. Ugh. And so now you can have a subscription if you want, which gives you a 25% discount on each order. Right. Uh, or else you can just buy all three for the bundle price. Right. And if you're having like, if you want to have like a, like a smelling party you know you just want to go through and pass the candles around have give them a whiff here's the great news here's how you cleanse your nose palate of scents it's wait for it coffee beans this is a real thing it, yes if you if you were to go to a store to buy perfume or cologne almost guaranteed they're gonna have little jars of coffee beans yeah all over the place so that you can smell and then clear your scent and then smell again exactly yeah so the so. good news is at carlinbrotherscoffee.com, we also sell coffee. Which you can not only use to cleanse your nose palate, but also to brew and drink hot brown morning potion. Hot brown morning potion. That's right. It is straight up delicious. It is. And this, you know what? It's never been so hard to be excited about a brand deal ever. No, this is very easy. It is very easy. All the candles smell very good. I'm very excited to start lighting them in my house, and I hope everyone enjoys them. Look, the objective of a candle is to fill a large space with a particular scent. Yes. The objective, in my mind, of cologne is to make your personal space smell a specific way. Wait, okay, so... Not not to you. Oh, okay, okay. Make, to make the personal... To make your personal bubble smell nice to other people. Okay, okay. So, for a second there, I thought you were going to say that the cologne was for your own purposes. Like, no. Like, you use cologne so that you smell good to you. No. And I was like... That is, I have never thought of it that, <laughs> that way before. Uh, well, Although, that being said, the other end of it, too, is, for one, you have natural scents yeah. that you have, like, off of you anyway. So, like, Alice has always said that for whatever it is, like, it, especially, like, if I have, like, finished working out that, like, it is, like, a positive scent to her. Yeah. Which I do think goes back to, like, a much more, um, like, basic level the of... Primal. Sure, yeah, yeah, exactly. That there are... And I think that there's even, like, a little bit of science to, like, the attraction to, like, the specific 
specific person is like is whether or not you like receive their scent in a positive way mm-hmm. which actually i do think is super interesting going back to high school there was one girl that i dated that like the scent of her never jived with me oh. at all like just her natural musk just like her na- oh, i feel bad saying it like that because she wasn't like you know in any way not you know clean or anything like that no, no. but like, i know i know yeah but there was there was this like really odd thing about her where it was like you know we were both like involved in the same activities and stuff and like did things together but then it was like like I, as i think i remember even like hugging her for the first time i was like that's unexpected and odd mm. and it's like i've always like looked back on that and thought that like in some very unusual way it was like 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 there was a, a crisscross or right. something in in that kind of attraction like this isn't gonna work right yeah we don't smell uh, right together <laughs> we don't smell right together. it does it does not jive yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like this is like forest and armpit <laughs> forest and armpit there you go i guess uh, yeah so I would, I'm curious to know what the feedback is on the, the cologne scents that people choose. I am also curious and now I'm also slightly self-conscious. I, I hope that you would tell me because I do think that over the past five, six years of my life, I have gone from like a very conservative single spritz yeah. to, I believe, three. Oh, I think, I mean, I, I'm, I'm normally a three spritzer. Okay, three's, okay, that, three's that fine. That being said... I am not presently on any sort of cologne regime. I finished my bottle, the bottle I was using a while ago. No way. I don't <laughs> finishing a bottle of cologne seems like the most unrealistic thing ever. Oh my gosh. Let's touch on that. I remember when we were kids, we had a we had a friend who was like maybe several years older than us. But I remember when, whenever we'd go to their house cuz like our our you know parents were friends, we'd we'd head over there. He had a like a desk like Full, like half covered in different colognes. Jay, he's the guy who gets the silk woven vapors no. of stackable scents. Here's the question. I'm getting better at uh, trying to express what I'm attempting to say in my, my techno science terms. I have to imagine to this day, he has not finished a single bottle. Not a single one. Not there's a single like, one. There's only so many different ways you can want to smell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, may, maybe I just don't, maybe I'm just not into scent culture. <laughs> Maybe. That's, that's what I'm saying. I think you're not. I think you're not. I think I'm not, but I also think if you are leaving a cloud behind, you're still doing it wrong. Okay, so let me follow up on that then, because we touched on a little bit. Is it because it is obnoxious, or does it give you, like, a headache slash make you feel, like, lightheaded? Because Both. Okay, because I think our mom growing up, I think even since we've been adults, I've, like, gifted mom a candle for Christmas, and I think that she was sort of like, what am I, like, I think it's literally still underneath her TV right now. Mm. It came in, it was like one of those those ribbon wicks a ribbon you know wick. you know so it's got like a particularly long wick but i think she doesn't really like sense like i think it just like gives her a headache mm. so she, she's not like the type of person who would just like you know burn like burn candles right regularly or whatever yeah. um so most of the time i feel like my interactions with sense almost never leads me to feeling lightheaded or having a headache yeah for me it's almost exclusively like wow they're like trying yeah that's usually like my interpretation of that situation yeah. but i'm 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 firmly convinced that maybe you're unaware of deep cut scent culture. I am firmly convinced that the people leaving a cloud behind are firmly unaware. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Okay, now we're definitely going to need feedback from every all, feedback. all the kernels out there. Uh, like, one, what is your regime? Because we need to know. And we'll have to circle back to this one because now I'm super curious right. what the rest of the world does. It, it is one of those strangely private things that I feel like really doesn't come up very often. Like, mm. you're probably not communicating. This actually happened in college, the conversation over whether or not you wad toilet paper or fold it. Oh, God, you just opened a real war. 
A real war. Is this, yeah. is this a war? Is this, uh, a this, is, this is a hotly contested thing across the internet, I think. Oh, okay. Well, I remember when I like I stumbled on this. First off, I thought that it was the funniest thing that had ever come up because I had never considered it in my entire life. I, okay, you think it's funny because like the idea of someone folding their toilet paper was so hilarious well so that was the thing i like literally yeah i think in my mind i was like what are you doing like origami like <laughs> like that was that was totally my stance on it i was like that is absurd and feels like a, a chronic waste of time and then uh totally adopted it you're a folder i'm a folder wow yeah yeah totally wow. totally became a folder i am which, not a folder really oh, no. spectacular mm. um but no i would say that literally probably until like my junior year of college i think that there were yeah it's like one of those things you just like contemplate like it sticks with you for such a long period of time mm-hmm. and then eventually it's like you know what i'm gonna try it it's it's exactly the kind of thing where you'd feel you'd be sitting there feeling embarrassed to try it even though you're in the most private of settings right you're like if i fold like people are gonna know like people- but like but how could they ever how could they how ever? Could, like the only way they're gonna know is if you talk about it and which we're doing on which, a podcast well now we are to the internet to the internet <laughs> sorry but this is there there's so many times when i think of situations like this where i'm like it's like some sort of private decision you're making or like private ritual where you're like this is so embarrassing or like i don't want like it like it like makes you feel bad even though how, no one could possibly know i also would say that it it, it ultimately does not matter it exactly in any way it doesn't matter except that it defines who you are as a person and if you fold toilet paper you're crazy Got a longish. This is a good. This is a good edition of strong opinions about weak things. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, it's like we're we're right back to our our roots here on <laughs> what makes the pop the pop. We sure are, Ben. We sure are. Do you fold? Do you ball? There's a correct answer. Let us know. Probably on the Reddit. I I would love it if. There are people out there that like make origami cranes. Oh or, my like, gosh! You know, like like really just go all out with it. It make feels it like form. offensive to cranes. <laughs> that, that's fair. Poor cranes. And it feels offensive to origami. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, we've really just insulted everything, everything all at once. Because that's really the entire world is divided into origami enthusiasts and crane enthusiasts. Where do you stand? Exactly. Choose a side. <laughs> Choose a side. <laughs> My goodness. Goodness me. Okay, so migrating away as as much as it pains me to do so from toilet paper talk, I understand, and this is like one of those odd things that has happened as a result of quarantine, is that you and I normally spend more time together than we effectively do with anyone else that isn't our direct family. Fact. So there's been this odd thing that has started happening in our relationship that is unique over the past several years, at least since we've Mm. worked together Mm. in that things are happening in your life that I don't know about. Wow. Yeah. What's happening in my life that you don't know about? You don't know. I I don't know. (laughs) You're supposed to bring it up here so I can talk to, so I can learn all the things that are happening. Mm. You recently purchased one of these stationary Peloton bicycles. Ah, yes, we did. We have, we have the Peloton. Okay. Peloton bike. A Peloton bike. Yes. Not the tread. Mm. Not the tread. No, gosh. Have you seen the treadmill from Peloton? I, I have seen it online. My goodness. The treadmill is a solid $4,500. Whoa! It is outrageous. I mean, if you... Uh, whew, it feels like the sort of thing where maybe it's in this weird zone of either... I can't tell. Sometimes things are like so expensive that like the act of purchasing them commits you to it. Oh, for sure. But this feels like maybe it's in that range, but also it's almost in like the... You'd already need to be such... 
a committed runner to even consider such an amount. That's also true. You know? That's also true. I don't oh, know. There's there's also a strange category uh, of cost associated with any type of item that I'm getting where there occasionally will be the time where I'm like, this is expensive enough to where I am reassured that it is actually that good. Oh, right. Like if you were trying to buy a Rolex watch and you walked into the jewelry store and it was like 20 bucks, you'd be like, well, <laughs> there's now an, wait a minute. There's an enormous amount of something, clout around. Something seems askew. Is this, hmm, could you trust it? No, for $20 a Rolex? No, I yeah, would think it was. you'd be like, something is. <laughs> I would question that just to the basis of this is a scam. It right. would make me not trust the establishment that I was in. Isn't um, that weird though? Like if you're the jewelry store, you would have less success selling a Rolex watch at $20 oh. than you would at, you know, I don't know what they cost, 500 Oh, yeah, that would be a very inexpensive Rolex. Okay. Yeah, this is absolutely something that I had observed going through the aquarium, like, industry part yeah. of the world. So I think I've talked about this before, but, like, certain strains of corals are, they get, like, names yeah. and then that name it's almost like you start to have to like if you own one of these particular strains you need to have like kept track of who you bought it from within the like reef keeping community in order to ensure that you are actually selling like the og mummy eye chalice oh i see yeah so it's like it's like it's like well where did you get it from because i need to know that this is yeah, like the like, real one you gotta cite your sources where's your work cited on this mummy eye exactly exactly right. and it was like i started to understand the reality of price being a feature of particular corals interesting yes so like it was always odd to me that certain pieces would manifest such massive ticket prices like where it could be you're talking about the size of like an eraser head yeah. on a pencil would be twelve hundred dollars yeah for for my miami chalice that's what it was called my was goodness. the my miami chalice i think it originally came from worldwide corals in Ooh. orlando florida which is kind of ironic because orlando not miami yeah. but um <laughs> two different places but it was like it was not that remarkable it was like an orange eye with like a blue surround and then like eventually as it got big enough it would have a green skirt okay is, is the three characteristics of it so it was like it was very pretty but i think that really what it came down to is such a small group of people in the entire united states had one and they chose to price it so aggressively that then it became this like it was like the first one that i'm aware of that cleared a thousand dollars per single Oof. you know unit yeah and i think with that they gave notoriety to it like it it, it it like became worth so much more than the cost of acquiring it right even you know or or may, i mean maybe it is just that rare in the great worldwide ocean to find such a combination of colors and that's what maybe but, but that that's never something that's been satisfactorily explained to me to the point where all of a sudden something had value because it cost it more. sounds much more to me like this coral had a successful like you know marketing pr team than it did a successful combination of colors and rarity exactly exactly yeah. but to have have been in this particular industry which i would say is not good at marketing yeah. on the whole like i don't know that that's exactly what the aquarium industry is known for right it would seem like that would be really handing out a a, a a large amount of credit for someone to have done intentionally. Ah, but perhaps that's why they're so susceptible to it because it's like, it's not expected in this realm. Sure. And so all of a sudden someone who's good at it, like walks in and makes all these changes and you're like, oh man. Oh man. Like it's in this world, 
only ever is it the case that rare things are priced high. So this priced high thing must be wrecked. Someone is taking advantage of the I'm gonna call it the, the collector's notion. The collector's notion. There you go. There you go. It's been okay. implemented. It's been implemented. Okay, let's circle back to yes. the Peloton. Yes. Let me, because it was like, the whole thing has been a journey in terms of like getting it and using it and like adjusting my own perceptions and stuff. It's been a really weird. Kind of like how some people can like stack sense and you're no, completely. not like that. Okay. Obnoxious. What is your present perception of stationary bikes? Or what was like, I don't know, if like we we got our mother a Peloton bike for Christmas. We did. Which is probably affecting it now. But I don't know if you have any recollection of what your general opinion of stationary bikes or treadmills in the home was growing up. No, I, I, I think I know kind of where you're going with this. And I think that my uh, perception of them typically would have fallen somewhere in the same category as like a fad diet might mm-hmm. have where it's like, hey, I'm like doing, you know, Atkins or no carbs or something like that. Is that yeah. the same thing? Or is Atkins no carbs? Atkins is low carb. Yeah. Low carb. Okay. So it's for, forever been one of these things that my general perception of it is that it's something that does provide results or a Bowflex might be an even really good oh, example of it. Yeah. It's like it will provide results if you continue to consistently use it. But the the idea behind it is that it is like almost novel enough that you will do it for a period of time, see some results, and then eventually wane off of it and then go back to whatever your status quo was prior. Because in my mind, there weren't that many ways to interact with it in you like in a consistently unique manner. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, just regular cycling, it's the type of thing where maybe on day one to go out and ride 10 miles would be like the feet, you know, and like you're so proud of yourself and you could work up to 15 and 20. And then maybe eventually you're like taking trips to cool parts of, you know, your area specifically to right. to ride up like a mountain or to see a particular overlook. Like there are so many different directions that you can continue to take this hobby and explore it all over the place. Right, like in the real world. In the real world. Whereas if you were to dedicate your fitness endeavors to something like an at-home stationary bike or a treadmill, I think that it's kind of like you can do it, but eventually it has an expiration date. Your, oh, your interest in it has an expiration date. So like with the Bowflex, I remember it used to be advertised, I even think on Nickelodeon. Oh yeah. And it was this thing like where I, it, like, you know, they show you the really cool commercial and I think if they could get you all hyped for it, you'd eventually, you know, Yeah, it's all like resistance band yeah. workouts. Yeah. So it would show up and you'd be like, I'm going to get so fit and be like the guy in the commercial who probably did other exercises and was hired to do the Bowflex ad. Yeah, because he was already <laughs> already muscular. Yeah, 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 yeah. They didn't they didn't commit to average Joe, let him spend a year working up to yeah. Glad we finally have results so we right. can advertise this product. Exactly. We've been yeah. sitting on a thousand of them in the warehouse. Uh, we're ready to go all of a sudden. Uh so that would be my that would be my long form interpretation of this. That being said, with our our parents, they are big time out in the real world cyclists. Right. And I think that they use the Peloton as their like complimentary. It, complimentary. Right. To help them to get through the winter months. Yeah. So this was this that that it's similar uh perception on my end. I think growing up, the number of like either extended family members or friends' houses or just, you know, people's homes I would end up in where there was a stationary bike or a treadmill or an elliptical machine just collecting dust in the corner, like unused, clearly purchased with the best of intentions. Yes. But had largely become a thing taking up a lot of space in your house was mm, 100%. 
Okay. Like okay. there was zero people I had ever met who owned stationary cardio exercise equipment that had continued to use them. Okay. And so like I had like I think at some point in my in like growing up, I had just like made up in my mind like <laughs> boy, treadmills, like treadmills, like they're you know, at the gym great because you're already paying for the membership you know you have to do it but like if you were buying something like that for your home what a schmuck you know like, like you you've like been you, had... you you have fallen for it like yeah. you've fallen for it. you bought the thing it's in your house you can't get rid of it it's there you spent the money you used it for like a few days great now it's there forever okay. like this was like my perception like i'm never getting one of these things because i'm never like that's gonna happen to me i'm gonna i'm gonna buy into the excitement and then it's just gonna sit there right that was my perception. Popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because 
It allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. So leading back, just, you know, let's rewind maybe like six months or so. Beth, my wife, expresses to me that, oh, what if we got like a Peloton? And I remember I was just like laughing out loud. Like, <laughs> we are not the, like, okay, we're not, no. Okay, <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> we're not going to be those should people we, who buy into the stationary bike. Should right? we go get three different bottles of cologne while we're at it? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that's hilarious. We're not, you know, okay, we're not, we're not getting suckered in here. Uh, that was, and like, I think it like, was very, like, I don't know, offensive to her that I was like dismissing it so out of hand. Like, that's a ridiculous idea. Sure. How dare you? But in my mind, this was like the accepted, like, you know, it, like I had reinforced it so much in my mind that this was like the widely accepted opinion of stationary bikes. Sure. Like everyone knows stationary bikes are bad investments. Like, of course, no, you know? Uh, sure, sure, that sure. Was, that's, that's where I was at. So... Anyway, I'll also tell you that I'm not someone who even owns a bike right. as an adult, which I always am a little embarrassed about. I feel like I should own a bike. Um, I have done light road cycling in the past. I like biking. It's fun. And I have done some spin classes throughout my life as well. And I've also, I've always really enjoyed like yeah, going I mean, to a spin class. Well, I, I was going to say, I thought you were going to say just enjoyed cycling. Like we grew up like as avid annual watchers oh, of yeah. the Tour de France. Yes. Like it was an occasion in our household where it was like the month of July while the Tour de France was on. It was like, we all watched it together. You know, like we would be like downstairs in the morning with dad yeah. and like, going through we had our favorite cyclists from like around the world oh yeah not you know? just like lance armstrong although lance armstrong was like really, really let us down here a little bit yeah it's like gr growing up with childhood heroes being lance armstrong and michael vick has been a real bummer oh that yes yes that was yeah oh man imagine imagine being a fan of the virginia tech Hokies pre michael vick arriving and then being like oh my god the best <laughs> this is this has never happened yeah. this person changed the sport oh the why did you do that <sighs> just the actual worst thing you could have done yeah uh anyway we're but, not talking about michael vick right now we're talking about stationary bikes we sure are let's keep yeah, going let's not go down that alleyway that's that's no good that's no good um but so, right, like cycling always been very present in our lives. Yes. Just never really interested in owning a stationary bike or anything like yep. that. And like, you know, Peloton to me, that's the name of the group of cyclists in the Tour de France. Yep. I would bet that today Peloton means the stationary bike to most people. They don't even realize it's a reference to the group of cyclists. Right. So that's, that, that is a big thing. And, and it's actually, yeah, like we used to make jokes about it, like on the cross country team, there was, there was like one year where I, I think it might've been my senior year. I got everybody into watching the Tour de France. Oh, of and course then, you did. And then we would like narrate our runs as if we were the Peloton. Uh, and so like as somebody would like move into like the front to like you know break the wind for everybody else behind yeah we would be like ryan moving to the front of the pack right now like yeah. he's turning <laughs> at the front <laughs> gotta be careful on that slippery lead paste paint coming down the alps that is hilarious <laughs> so yeah we would always have these like really funny things but yeah so the big blob of cyclists that all ride together is in fact called the, the peloton. peloton right so anyway though then this past christmas comes around and we got 
our mom a Peloton bike. We did. Because she wanted one and she's already a big cyclist. So to me, this wasn't like, this won't, I know this won't sit dormant. Right. Because this is like a, oh, it's raining outside. I'll use it then sort of thing. Right. Our dad has had like a, not a stationary bike. He had like a device he could hook up his road bike to that would turn it into a stationary bike. It's called a trainer. Called, and yeah. it is, it is so exhausting it is so exhausting it. and super boring honestly. yes he but you know he does it he has a, he has his aquarium set up in the basement he would like go and set it up and just ride while watching his aquarium it's the most dad hour of his life <laughs> i i always think it's so admirable i'm like so impressed actually yeah. with both of our parents their commitment is unbelievable but anyway unbelievable yeah, yeah. so anyway our mom gets it and like she loves it and slowly I'm like starting to come around to like the idea of owning one of these bikes. Yes. You know, and then the thing that really pushed it over the edge, I think, was the quarantine. Okay. And like I had accepted like, okay, it wouldn't be the worst thing to, to like own one. But then we were suddenly stuck in the house and, you know, we, we need a way to work out quickly and not leave. <laughs> so let me stop you right there. Yeah. Why not pour concrete pad in your backyard? <laughs> Because I too ran into this exact same dilemma and I, yeah. I'm, I'm realizing we've solved the problem very differently. Right. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm thinking that we did solve the problem very differently. I, you know, I don't think I have any, a good spot to put a concrete pad in my backyard. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll yeah. take that. Yeah. Yeah. That's better than it's a bad idea. <laughs> Obviously, you're using it, so I, I am using not it. A bad I am idea. using it. It's only a bad idea if suddenly you just have a square of concrete where used to you have had grass. Oh, sure, sure. In which case, I would set up the most baller four square court right. in the entire Roanoke area. Right. And it would be like, we'd have tourneys, man. Yeah. Tourneys. Dude, did your four square game in elementary school involve a lot of like crazy trick rules and stuff i do have i have zero recollection i don't even know if i know how to play the game of four square if i'm ben, being entirely honest with you and the whole point of four square is to like work your way around the square until you're in like the server spot right okay right so you have like spots one through four so you move in four square yeah yeah, yeah. you're, you're, you're effectively teaching me the rules right now so yeah you have the server spot and then the person you know directly to their right is the person next in line to move up into the server spot okay the person to their right would move into their spot you know whoever gets out that that person walks off and everyone below them gets to move up again. So everyone is against the server because you want to be the server. Oh, I see. I see. Right. So every, the other three players should be trying to get that person out so everyone gets to move up. Okay. Right. That's it. Anyway, we had lots of different fun rules. Like, I don't know, like there was one called jackpot where if someone like d failed to bounce it to you and you caught it before it bounced, that was jackpot. That person's out. Oh. Right. We had something called rocket, which just feels like straight up cheating where if it would come to you, you could just slam it, like two hand slam it into their square. Good luck getting it. <laughs> And then it would just be like, you, everyone would announce it as it was happening, though. It's like the whole class would be in on this. It'd be like, rocket, boom. <laughs> rocket. And it was like, you know, I don't even know. The ball would go flying way up in the air. And it's like, did the person ever get it and like successfully land it in another square? I don't know. We had one for, I don't know why it was called voodoo. This is just when you looked one spot and hit the ball in another direction. <laughs> I don't know why I remember all these things. <laughs> because it's you. Yeah, and this, this is, is me. the frustration of being related to this you. Is, it's just, this is the kind of things I would internalize as a child. Like, I need to remember this because eventually it's going to come into play again and I'll be ready. And I'll be ready and no one else I'll will know. I'll be ready, right? So <laughs> when my 33-year-old game of Foursquare comes up, you better be ready because you're going to get rocketed. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's, like, Everybody's going to be like, what? wait a minute. I'm like, you don't know about rocket? Well, I do. <laughs> 
Watch out for my voodoo! Yeah, watch out, voodoo, boom, no look! Which isn't even, it's not even like you have to announce, it's like announcing it makes it less effective. Oh yeah, 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 know? I was gonna say. The like, point like, is, just do it. It almost seems like the, the incantation of this action is part of what makes it glorious, though. Yeah. It's like screaming rocket, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, right. that's part it's of the like, fun. That makes it okay to just throw the ball away. <laughs> like, you're, you're out, loser. <laughs> anyway, this detour down uh, four score lane. Uh, let's once again, maybe we'll go back. I got we got the Peloton. Okay, so you have we a got Peloton. the Peloton. Uh, fi Beth finally wore me down. We're calling it the Mother's Day gift this year. Okay, yeah, got it. And I have to say, I've been converted. It is, it is quite fun. Is it awesome? It is. I would say. I don't, I don't feel unjustified in my beliefs about stationary bikes growing up. Okay. Because there was, you're right, there was no, like, new way to interact with them. Right. But the Pelotons, like, the way it works is that, you know, you have a screen right in front of you. And what you're supposed to do is basically, like, go into, like, a, a class, if you will, which can be live, like, with other people. They do them live over That's the cool. internet or whatever. Or you can just, like pre-ones and you're just taking a spin class in your basement and you would think is that effective and the answer is yes it is effective i bet okay so my experience i've only been to one maybe two spin classes in my entire life yeah few mm -hmm. one of them was with the high school girlfriend who we had opposing smells Oh, interesting. I didn't know that was who you were talking about. That is who I was talking about. I'm mm. glad that you know who this is. Oh, That's I know. Because so I, I went to, I think I went to that same spin class with you. Oh, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I, I had there. just, I had just run 10 miles that morning mm. and then went to a spin class and it was purely to attempt to impress this person. Ah. And it, I was, I thought I was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about spin class that is so unusual to just riding a bike yeah. is you drastically underestimate how much the wind is cooling you when you are moving through space yes. out in the real world mm -hmm. because when you are pedaling and there is no wind to cool you you sweat so much that like, is this is I, I this is i was like a bone dry human being my whole life like i would go out and run with the cross-country team and get back and like our coach would be dripping wet and like the other athletes would be dripping wet and i would be like fun i would have like like dry salt on my lips or something from like some Sounds more like you were just dehydrated, if well, that's the case. Maybe, maybe, maybe I lived my whole life dehydrated. What's wanna, it to you? Let me ask you, do you think that in our household, drinking water was not like a really important thing? I, w I wouldn't say it was emphasized. I would, I would agree with you. I don't think it was emphasized. Maybe not, I don't know. Not certainly not in the way that my wife drinks water. Like she she has commented to me many occasions, like, it surprises me how little water you drink and how you manage to get by. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I drink plenty. Mean? I have a glass after I brush my teeth at night. What do you like <laughs> That's plenty. That's I drink water. <laughs> I had a LaCroix with lunch. What? <laughs> this this feels like something that I think you have become like transfixed on because you're very good at adopting like the right habits, I would say. Mm. And it seems like drinking water is this one that has like eluded you. Where like, <laughs> it's, it's, like I've made it so far into life. You I feel like on multiple occasions you have like made videos about the efforts that you have taken to attempting to drink more water. Yes. That have apparently gone like under fulfilled in terms of integrating into your new life routine? My wife not only has several different water bottles, but she will have one near her at all points in the day. All points in the day. All points in the day, there is a water bottle next to her. And this, like, I don't even own a water bottle. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, like if I, I don't, I, the times of day I go and just go to the sink and fill up a glass of water to consume is never. <laughs> <laughs> never. Never. Good. No. Like I will, I drink other things or I will drink like maybe like, yeah, we have a lot of LaCroix at our house. Okay. And I will drink that maybe with lunch, but it's not even because I'm like, man, you know what I should do? I am underhydrated right now. It's more like I am going to be thirsty because of what I'm eating. And LaCroix seems like, like, and LaCroix seems like a flavorful way to not be unhealthy. Yeah, no, I get <laughs> that. my drink choice. I would say, I would say that I went through a period of time, especially after college, where I was a little more stagnant with my exercise and where I was still drinking like soda regularly. Uh And I would say that like one of the most noticeable shifts in my life was when I, I think because of you guys, Mm. you and uh, I think there was one day I was doing yard work and Beth came out and handed me a coconut LaCroix and I was like, Mm. okay, okay, I'm in. (laughs) And it like, I literally like cold turkey gave up on like Coca-Cola overnight. There you go. Where I was buying like way too much. (laughs) Way too much. Way too much. Like three Cokes a day? Like, oh yeah. I would say three Cokes a day. Definitely. I think I was buying a three 12 packs. They had like a three for nine deal yeah a week with my like weekly groceries and that was yeah. like that was the type of thing that i would get as like well i need to go get like my, my drinks for the week right like if i don't have those what will i drink what will i consume yeah and so that was that was very noticeable in terms of just like that shift it was like wow i look better <laughs> like <laughs> what do you know uh, how about that this is always this is that like yeah cutting down liquid calories is always the quickest and fastest way that like the easiest thing often to cut out from your diet that will make a drastic difference in your appearance yes like if you don't want to if you're not if you don't want to exercise if you don't want to commit to some crazy diet just commit to water just commit to just water. commit to water and this will like if you cut out, like, because people, it's so easy to rationalize certain, like, drinks as healthy. Yeah. Gatorade, healthy. Orange juice, healthy. It's fruit. Right. No, they are not. Orange juice, not healthy. Gatorade, not healthy. <laughs> it's sugar. Sugar. Well, sugar. Both of those things are just sugar. Well-branded sugar. Well-branded sugar. Gatorade is great if you have just finished a five-mile run. Oh, in yeah. which case, chug it down. Replenish if you are, your- if you are mid-soccer game. Have a Gatorade. If you are on the bike, go ahead and have some Gatorade. Do you know what? Otherwise, don't kid yourself. It's just sugar. It's just sugar. You may as well drink better sugar. That's right. You may as well just be having a Coke. Right, right, right. Oh, man, a Coke. Yeah. I haven't had one in years. Years, really? Literally. Oh, yeah. No, it's probably... I. I, So I do drink ginger ale, Mm. I would say, is is the one soda that I will have even then it's usually like more typically like a part of like a cocktail where i'll have like a bourbon ginger Mm. um but otherwise yeah i don't think i've had a coke since we lived together wow yeah that's impressive i've had a coke in the last month wow we have yeah so let's see i have of course in like a constant calf the other thing i just drink is coffee (laughs) oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. i I drink a lot i'm thirsty what should i drink coffee (laughs) (laughs) doesn't i'm drinking coffee right now um that's which is the opposite of water it's like a diuretic it dehydrates you so yes yeah um, by dehydrate i mean i mean it means you have to uh, pee a lot yes which then yeah so anyway that's how it works it's not like it's not like drinking it is like squeezing water out of you or something sure 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 yeah jazzy J. now dr jazzy J. yeah that's right laying down those <laughs> like drink choices apparently yeah i feel like you were shockingly informed on the health benefits or detriments of liquids well as you say 
I've made several videos about my attempts to be better about drinking water. I would say the most effective I ever got at it was when I had a regular day job and I did the math and I made a video about that. I did make a video about it. I did the math and realized that like one, the act of filling up my water bottle and then the amount of time it would force me to go to the bathroom was a, just a tremendous way to waste time. It was like, this will take up over the course of like a month, maybe like a whole day's worth of time. If you are- Where you're just walking to the restroom and back to your office. Right, and filling up your cup. And filling up your cup, okay. Yes, so that was, uh, that was like, hey, drinking water? This is something, this is like a thing to do that doesn't work. That was, that was like really effective. That's all, that has always been true for me though. Like the, a huge motivating factor to me is don't have to work. Don't have to work. Nothing will make me work harder than not having to work then. I, I actually, I do understand that. I do understand that. I feel like there was this period of time in my life where I was doing my aquarium job, which is like, it's, it's like one of these jobs that the work doesn't stop just because you're not there. Yeah. And that was always like a really unusual problem where it's not like, oh, it's someone else's turn to be responsible. I can turn my brain off. I don't have to worry about this. Right. Almost always for the first like three years out of college, if I was going on vacation, I had to come up with very clever ways that it would be okay for my clients' aquariums to not see me right. for that whole week. Right. Which usually meant that leading up to my vacations, I was working like three times as hard attempting to make sure that everything was going to be okay. Yeah. And then pretty much I spent the entire vacation just, just worried. stressed and worried yeah. yeah it was really not not very good times not an effective vacation no not so much yeah not so much yeah i understand it's like this is why you needed like you needed just more use so that you could be like okay i'm off the clock you you other person you are now on call like no one has to be there but it's your night to be on call so something goes wrong you gotta do it yeah yeah you you, you get got, you gotta, you gotta, do, gotta it. do it do it up it's up to you now that's interesting though so you're you're so highly motivated by not having to work well certainly it's much less the case now where we own our own company and i super enjoy the work we do well that's not, true it's not like it's not nearly as much of a factor it's like when you have a day job and it's like this is just what you do for work this is like you have to do it because you need money sort of thing right yeah <laughs> it's like yeah this is like if if ever my boss came around and was like hey finish up everything if you fin if you finish up everything you got to work on the day head out of, head out at one take an early you know jump on the weekend it was like <laughs> Let's, do, let's, let's knock everything out real. I am one o'clock. I'm out of here. <laughs> I, I would have been here till six if you didn't say that. But exactly. now exactly. I will be out of here at one. At one. You can, boy, if you really wanted me to get more, you could, You should just tell me that if that, if that was my working operation every day, I'd have been so productive. That is okay. I do think that there's a lot to be said for that. This is like one of the philosophies that I like. I feel like I tend to carry with my managing style, which is maybe terrible and not recommended, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Okay. Is this idea that I care so much more about the job being done than hours being clocked. Mm -hmm. And so at, at the end of the day with me, most of the time, it's like, as long as everything is complete, then I'm very rarely going to be in a fuss if you were done at two o'clock. Right. You know, like that's, that's sort of like my, my philosophy on it. And it probably comes from having never worked like a proper job before mm -hmm. where somebody was like expecting me just to be there until five. Yeah. And then maybe understanding the merits of it. Do you, like, are there merits to just 
being there till five because that's like your responsibility to well so like very often in like an office setting it's not even if like there's stuff it's that you might need to respond to stuff until then like the understood work day is until five so you might be getting like emails or requests or phone calls from people outside the building sure you need to respond to because they are they might need stuff from you and they're expecting you to be there until this time of day what a devastating thought i know i oh. know terrible there i mean the, i guess I, I think there there are probably merits to it i felt like so often at my old job it was almost expe- like even if you were like leaving at five that was like that's a little bit uh wow just don't you don't really care do you like you're just waiting for the clock hit five and then you're sort of out of here like you know i felt like there was a very like toxic mentality around like your commitment to the job based on when you left <laughs> Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, which is there's all these. And I bet I guarantee you many people listening know what I'm talking about where like you. Oh, you, it, like, yeah, like the idea is if, it, if it's eight to five, but you're like a salary person. Right. You know, if it's hourly, they want you out the moment they don't want to pay you overtime or anything of course like that. Yeah, but yeah. if you're salaried and it's like and you're leaving right then it's like well i see you're just here uh just here for the bare minimum i guess huh all right take note of that see that's so terrible it is yes agreed it is not good oh. especially because uh in my particular situation the like on my like the first week they were like hey so basically the way it works here is you can like arrive at like eight and leave at five or you can arrive at you know nine and leave at six whatever works better for you and i was like well i want to be out of here early every night so i'm gonna get here at eight right problem is like any any superior i had at that job always chose the other at like from nine to six or whatever okay so even if they are leaving right at six it doesn't matter because like like they are there later right right right. so their their perception is watching you leave the office before they left the office exactly while also not having observed the fact that you got to work before they right, got right. to work you didn't get the credit for getting there an hour early right yeah you were just yeah. being oh only penalized for leaving on time this is miserable is what it felt like yeah 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 there was also a lot of you know we had to work a lot of events yeah so there was a lot of come in this week. You know, you had to go into the weekends or late at nights and stuff like that. Right. Stuff like that. And it would often be a lot of, oh, we're not going to pay you overtime. Just take those hours off of the next day or right. whatever. But it was never, it was never like, how long did you work? Three hours? Okay, we'll see you at 11. You know, it was like, oh, you were here another, you were here all night, six hours? Just come in at like 10 tomorrow. It's like, it's not really the same. I say it's like, well, well, well. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, not to throw anyone under the bus. I mean, I was I learned a lot of that job and I had good experience as well. There is no doubt about that. That's that is the weird thing about your traditional background. Like, I feel like you and I always have we've we have come to the same place and we are now like partners together in this business that we do together where I have exclusively been employed by me. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. so I feel like very frequently, I feel like the guy that like went and lived out of his van. Like, I feel like this mega free spirit compared mm-hmm. to your like hardcore, like corporate. I'm not five. Say, like, Corp- I wouldn't say like hardcore. If I were to describe you in two categories, it would be love of beanbags. <laughs> okay. Followed closely by corporate. That's that's me bringing down the hammer on everybody all the time. But like, but like, also with cheese doodles, you know, from your from your beanbag chair. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I'm I'm really I feel like I'm painting you in a, an absolutely non accurate way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Me too about beanbags and corporate. Corporate. <laughs> 
I think largely I there there were many structures like the longer we're in business there are like many structures that were in place at my old job that I like can recognize those were the benefits of those structures the value of those, that was the value of these things right. that maybe seemed superfluous like this seems like an extra step or like do I have to fill this out or like whatever and it's like I understand much more like okay this was a calendar everyone had a shared calendar everyone like you schedule a meeting everyone shows up you don't have to like go check with everyone you send out requests you know, it was like, I, like there were, there were, there were good systems in place. There was definitely a lot of redundant systems. Yeah. The department of redundancy department there. Yeah, for sure. There was a bunch of like stuff that was like, that actually was pointless, but I think I have tried to like do a good job of like incorporating just the things that were effective or trying to, and yeah, just, just, leave a, just, a, just a sprinkling of corporate. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. <laughs> anyway, guys, we have so many things that we covered in today's pop. If you guys have any thoughts at all on any of them, you can email us at popcornculturepod at gmail.com. Otherwise, we're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. Uh, we can keep the conversation going. It seems like we have such varying amounts of feedback that make it into the show, but you could rest assured that I read your feedback. Oh, my gosh. Um, we did, there are so many people who have submitted funny words that their family used for stuff specifically farts i think given our own example uh, i'm gonna run through a bunch of them real quick before we close out do it because i thought they were fun this one comes from austin they said as a kid i tended to move around a lot for a, for a short while when i lived in minneapolis kansas the accepted word for a fart was fluff fluff <laughs> like that's your like can you that's so funny oh did you just fluff <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like for some reason such a more acceptable word like fart Seems yeah. like this, like, it, like the word itself kind of seems like it has like one of those pig pen style clouds around it. Yeah. You know, like where it's like, it's just like, yeah. it feels a little dirty. Oh. Fluff is like so much more like, yeah, very this, understandable. This next one is maybe a little too tactile for me. It's okay. too descriptive, I think, but I think it's really funny. This is from Abby. She says, also for farts, my mom's family referred to them as bumpy burps. B oh. And I was like, oh, oh, oh you like feel it. Bumpy burps. <laughs> bumpy burps. Ugh. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, that's. I almost get like the idea of like people who like refer to their bottom as like a bum. Oh, like like a. I I don't think that's what they're going for. Maybe, but like like a bum burp. Oh, I'm thinking like bumpy. Yeah, like, no, I get that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But so this is. I'm trying to imagine like when like what your action is when you let this slip out in public. Like, oh, who just bumpy burped? <laughs> like you were like with your friends. Like, oh, who just who just ripped a bumpy burp? I ripped it. <laughs> People were like, oh, what now? Oh, oh man. man um this one is this one's not fart <laughs> this is uh, a word uh the kerrigan says when i was little i came up with the word bips for the tv remote so now if you want the remote you say pass the bips which is weird like yeah i could see that one be like but i could see that one slipping out and like uh like you know you're at college and like hey, can you pass the bips people like come, come again for big fudge come. It's for some reason i swear to get that like the buttons on a remote almost feel like they could be referred to as bips oh the, yeah like each yeah. of the like the rubberized like little little buttony things yes bips. I, I get like that it. okay i like it uh lisa has oh, okay this is uh for i think water wings like what you would wear like when you're learning to swim yeah okay yeah okay so yeah you wear them in the pool they hold your arms up uh they call them popeyes oh like because of the yeah. like it looks like you have muscles it looks like you have big muscles that's perfect i like that one that, that's pretty that's, good that, that's just head cannon new head cannon uh this is another one this is another one for farts it's maybe my favorite uh <laughs> best friends and family this is from riley called them bonquies <laughs> it sounds kind of Who french bonquied <laughs> bonquies it sounds like 
Bon- or is it bonkies? Bonkies. Like B O N Q U E E S. Oh, yeah. How are we? Bonkies or bonkies? Bon- bonkies. <laughs> it does. It feels like a like it's uh, pre pluralized. Yeah. Who just ripped a bonky? A bonky. Did you, was that a, just a bonkwee? Mm. I don't yep, know. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. 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 So that's some of the some of the other words people had for stuff uh, that was just their family. It was pretty fun. I love that feedback. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah. Otherwise, guys, if you would like to uh, support the pop over on Patreon, you can uh, help determine who is the host each week. Um, that is patreon.com slash popcornculture. Uh, we have three tiers. Uh, one or each of those tiers comes with the same rewards, uh, one of which is after the final pop, mm. which is... Uh, Uh, A bonus 10 minutes of listening that you can get exclusively to patrons where we just continue to discuss questions that you guys may have asked. Also, just want to give a shout out to the following patrons who do support us on Patreon. We have Morton Madsen, Ray LaFleur, Mike Hansen, Vicky Zara Hoffman, Luis Pope, Nick Barker, Mitchell Harlow, Kim Gibson, Labyrinth, Babe68, Jason Cuse. That's what I'm seeing. And Zach Campbell. So thank you to all of you guys for your support over on Patreon. Yes, thank you so much. We truly appreciate it. And until next time, pop, pop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.